0: All righty, we'll get into the showdown preview real soon. Um, in this podcast, i I'd, I'd be remiss if we didn't start off this podcast by acknowledging the um unfortunate, tragic week we've had here in South Australia, and some people might call tragic, um, depending on where you sit in racism. I guess is whether you think it's tragic or not, and um, I think if you don't think it's tragic to see something like this happen, then you probably need to rethink your attitudes towards racism. Um. Racism at this point is something we we've we just got to stop excusing as idiotic comments um, an out-of-character moments um, and something that's not tragic, it's just sticks and stones or whatever else we've seen on social media over the last few days. As we've kind of dealt with the roller coaster ride that was, did he say it or didn't he say it in regards to Taylor Walker's comments? Um, which quite clearly we know that's something pretty um unspeakable was said with how i've seen the adelaide crows respond today which by the way um i'm actually really impressed with and i'll get into that in a moment um what i will say from the top here is that um this isn't a point scoring exercise against the crows as a fan you know fan back and forth thing we're a port adelaide podcast obviously we don't have a personal connection as far as the crows fans or anything to taylor walker i'm not a taylor walker fan myself in any way um but um this isn't an exercise in saying, oh, this is a podcast being all high and mighty. No, I know that um, every every fan base, every club has the potential to have this happen if the right things aren't done and people aren't educated correctly. So we need to uh, understand we're all fallible in a sense in that way and that this happening to the Crows is in no way something we that should even be minutely um, mocked or anything like that. Um, yeah, we can, we've can. we talked, I think a lot of talk has been about the, the culture at the Crows the last few years, and yes, that is something to discuss, but it's not something to, in this instance, in the instance when racism is involved, and even that camp a few years ago, we we, make, we do make jokes about the camp stuff, but there was a serious, there's some serious, quite serious undertones to that too that we need to acknowledge in this moment, and as well as just the racism. Racism is just something you can't, it's, it's no, there's no banter to be had with racism, and when it comes to this stuff... Um I implore all Port fans just to take a step back and not make fun or light of this moment in the in the in the instance of trying to make some kind of fan banter back and forth with a Cruise fan mate or whatever or anyone at the game if you're there tomorrow night. Um we're above that and we should be above that and um I implore everyone to take that kind of attitude that this isn't something to joke about or take lightly. Um it is a very serious situation and something that we it um strikes at the heart of what is an issue a deep seated issue in this country about how um cultural attitudes and things we grow up with and things that we accept as children and growing up and with what we're passed down to us from from our parents grandparents brothers sisters friends whatever it is that we um come into contact with growing up and what we think is okay and normal um actually isn't uh, quite often with the that's what cultural um you know uh you know deep seated racism is it is is never out in the open. Is never never something that's um. It's not it's not clan meetings or, um, or uh, white supremacist stuff. Although there is elements of white supremacism, white supremacy in um, Australia. I've unfortunately had run-ins uh, with. I've yeah had to we've had to kick one out of the business I work at um, when they try to come in as a customer, which we we'll make no apologies for either. Um, it's uh, it's something that we um. There is that those issues in Australia, we need to acknowledge that this is this thing with Taylor Walker is a is a a, a, is a harsh look at what the issues are. A lot of people, I think, um, over the last few days have been confronted with something that um, they don't want to have to deal with. um, And that's the that's the harsh truth of it is there is a lot of people out there that still don't want to acknowledge that racism is an issue. as bigger issue as it is um some people don't even think it exists anymore it's some it's some old thing you know once slavery ended racism ended once the stolen child uh, the the you know the uh, white australia policy ended racism ended it didn't it's still here and it's still um as pervasive as ever and as um and somewhat uh, more serious it, this is the thing that people i think um uh, I'm gonna it'll probably be a tangent for a little few minutes here, um, as I try to wrap my head around what I th- think has gone on in the last few days beyond the Taylor Walker stuff. Um, I think what I've seen is that there is there is people out there that um that think just because someone says something off the cuff, uh, it should be excused because it's just a moment in moment of madness or um something that... uh Should be, you know, it's it. You've seen the it's just oh, it's out of character for him. It's out of it's uh, you know, it's not something, it's not like he's a stand up bloke, all that stuff. And that can be true in the fact that he probably, you know, he's a father and a husband, and all that stuff. It's all been said, you know, it's and the character defense of people that are racist when they're, um, when they're a person of stature in community is is another, is a whole other deep seated race, um. A racist thing in itself, um, but uh, when you're, if you're a stand-up bloke and 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 an impeccable impeccable character, as has been his defence on some um, high-profile radio shows um, over the like, past few days, then you don't say stuff like this. I was offended, deeply offended, when um, I know I'll just say it, it was Rowie Sports Show. He's been. In, it's not like I'm not even attacking Roe as some out and out like idiot, but he he was an idiot in this instance. He said Taylor Walker is no more racist than you, you or I, and he's saying you like you know looking down the radio lens. Not that that's a thing. I'm just you know you know what I mean. You know staring down the microphone saying you are no more. You know he's no more racist. And, you know, I'm like no, he he is a little bit more racist. It doesn't mean he's an out and out racist. He's not a clan member. He's not like. That's some conscious racism. That is the modern-day racism that we're dealing with, and that's what I fucking despise about when these radio shows that don't actually... You know, if Rory wants to go on for three days straight banging on about this stuff, he probably needs to sit down in the same educational program that Taylor Walker's going to go into and understand what racism is and why it's such a pervasive issue. Um, I was really impressed with Shelley Ware came on his show today and, um, and said... Um, because Rowan was saying, "Oh, it's just the same. You haven't stolen a Kit Kat from the to- corner store, have you? You haven't done this. You haven't done that." And she said, "I, I, res- I heard your editorial, Rowe, and I respectfully—and I don't even know if she said respectfully because she probably—it's a—it was a disres. And she said, I, I absolutely disagree with that Stealing a Kit Kat and being and saying something of what the nature of what it seems like Taylor Walker said are two completely different things. And it's um." it's a deeply offensive thing to try and suggest that um, every listener is just as racist as Taylor Walker's, because what Taylor Walker said, and we'll get it. I mean, we don't know what he said, and I honestly don't care to know. I don't need to know. I know something bad was said, because we've heard the response from people um, through this over the last couple of days. Um, I think the first notion I got of really how... Bad it might have been what he said because uh, even up until late yesterday evening, um, I wasn't exactly sure. It was it was pretty clear pretty soon on that um, because th- this story broke. Um, and by the way, um, Sam McClure probably um is owed a few apologies because um, it's pretty clear now that this process had been ongoing for a couple of weeks. They knew the story, and from what Warren Treadway said on um Rowie Sports Show tonight too, he said they knew they know what was going on. They broke the story once it was well-researched enough to know what the story was. It, were they, From everything that you can see, from what uh, the journalistic practice of making sure the story was right was followed. Now, journalists don't always get it right in that sense. Some people do jump, and it's a scourge of modern journalism as well, that people jump too soon to get the story before it's right. But in this instance, they didn't. It is quite clear, and it doesn't matter what you say about whether that should have been broken two days ago, it was gonna happen, and what would have been better? Do you want to know two days ago that it's coming, or would you have, would you have been more happy today with the Crows just dropping the bomb on you that Taylor Walker had said this thing? Because then you would have had two days leading into the show, like, during the showdown of what the fuck's gone on the last, because you wouldn't have known. Whereas now I've had a couple of days to get that it's been the story's been there, and then, um, and then, and then here we are at the point of having the um actual crow statement and all the stuff official so um but yeah well anyways i've got off on a tangent there but the first i knew beyond the fact that the crows there was no response to sam mcclure breaking that story mid uh wednesday wednesday afternoon nothing came out there's no denials There was no straight out oh how dare he we're backing up our play there was nothing and at that point you know oh fuck. all right so there's something there now people on twitter people incredibly just got jumped to the defence straight away anyway. Um and that's what they do and that's a prerogative. If they want to jump to the defence, that's fine. But um you've got to lie and you've got to you've got to, as Rowie kept on saying over and over the last few days for some reason, you've got to lie down on that pillow and 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 be comfortable. Um but uh the, the one that I, I was driving um last night uh, to a workshop which I'll talk about um after at some point next week or whatever, after i have done with it, but really exciting. Um, But uh, I was listening just to 5AA on the radio because it's a good... 5AA is a good insight into even though I disagree most of the time with Rowie and... Not that I'm I'm not trying to pop Rowie constantly, but I do just disagree with him a lot. And it's... Not so much he does have a lot of... He does make some points at times, but just the way he goes about things um, quite often is just wrong and and he's just not... just there's, There's... not much professionalism there, for, from my in my opinion. Um, he was talking to Rory Sloane. He was for some fucking reason, he just wanted Sloane to say, "Is Tix? Do you think he's a good bloke?" And like, you Sloane was trying to dance around. I was like, if Sloane Sloan didn't know, if Sloane was adamant that Tex was innocent of whatever he was being um, alleged of at the time, uh, which has now been proven, it was, and at that point was proven anyway. We just didn't know it yet. Um, Saloni would have been a lot more defensive. He said, "No, no, he's, he's he's been a mate for a long time." But you know, this is this is we're pretty we pretty um heartbroken here at the club or whatever. He said, "I'm paraphrasing, but it was pretty clear from Saloni's tone." And I don't know how Rowie didn't pick it up because Roey just kept on trying to say, "No, no, he's a good bloke, isn't he?" You know, and and, and goes, "Yeah, well, yeah, but this is there's a lot of people hurting," and Rowie again went, "No, just is he a good bloke," and Saloni said, "Yeah, yeah, I, he's been a mate for a long time," and. Roy goes, that's all I need to hear. Just speak from the heart. And all he needed to hear was validation for his own in uh, um real uh you know, he was he was Roey was the one that needed to hear it more than Sloaney actually needed to say, because Sloaney knew something was going on. At that point, hearing reading between the lines of what was said in that conversation, even though Roey couldn't fucking hand get it. Um I heard that there was something pretty serious going on there with the way Sloaney was dancing around it. And you could hear the heartbreak a little bit in his voice about what he was talking about, and he's trying to dance around as best as possible um, that there was something going on there. And then the crow statements today all confirmed all that, and and we know now that something was said. Um, as I said, I don't need to know what was said. Um, I don't need to know the ins and outs of it. I just know that something bad and really unspeakable was said. By the way, that um, and the crow's language. Um, Maddie Nix today was quite emotional about it. When you've got the, the the coach, who's coached Tex and loves has loved Tex, getting up there and saying, I just want to call the, all the indigenous players I played with to apologize. Like, what was said? To make Maddie Nix want to get up and call the former teammates and talk to them about it and apologize and be emotional about it like that, what the fuck could have been said? That's what people don't aren't getting. The, all these emotions, they're like, oh, still, God, wrap your arms around Tex. Yes, wrap your arms around Tex in an educational and... A, in a way that's going to improve. Don't wrap your arms around. Oh, I'm sorry, mate. Fuck. Wrap your arms around and say, "What the fuck, mate? We need to get. To, we need to sort this out." Um, so when you've got Nixie and those guys getting emotional, saying we're angry, and that's th- that. The word anger was used a few times today from the Crows, uh, from Nix, um, Tim Silvers, and the Crows in in general in their statement. Anger, frustration, hurt, heartbreak. If you're using that kind of language to describe your reaction to what was said. Something so bad was said, and we need to acknowledge that. And it's unbelievable to me that we've still got a reaction out there that's, oh, sticks and stones. And racism is never sticks and stones. If you ever compare racism to sticks and stones won't break my bones, or words will never hurt me, you don't fucking understand racism and the hurt that's out there and the deep-seated hurt and cultural hurt and the decades and centuries of hurt that is um, that racism has brought. And it's racism isn't just sticks and stones. It is, attitudes. it is It is pervasive attitudes about who you are as a person and not even seeing you as a person or even subconsciously, just not quite seeing you as important. A, a, an idea that you are a little bit better, um, even if you don't actually consciously think it, that's the kind of thing that leads to what Tex seems to have said along those lines, something racist, something horrible, that made he felt better than that person to be able to say that. To be able to say those kind of words um, means that you've got an attitude within you that makes you feel better than that. And that's that's just never okay. And it's and it's horrible to think. That, um, with all the educate. and he's a leader of that club, he's been there through Eddie Betts and the banana thing from a Port fan. And I'll acknowledge that that was a Port fan, and that's horrible, and it's not a, a true Port fan to me. Um, but um, the, those kind of things just can't happen. And like, especially with that's the thing that um I think I saw someone really interested. I can't think of who said it on Twitter, David. Whoever said it, if who knows, we don't get that many listeners here. But if they they hear this, I I do credit you with it. I just can't remember who it was. They said it's astonishing that you know, no, if you've got people like Taylor Walker are held to a higher standard in these kind of instances because they have to be because they actually do get tools and resources and education better than most Australians do. We don't get taught this stuff in high school, really, apart from, I remember high school being shown rabbit-proof fence and being given the, you know, cliff notes to what the stolen generation was, but we didn't really get, you know, you had to rush through it and then you're on to something else, like the Cold War or something, and you didn't really get a deep-seated understanding of what was going on there, especially just, yeah, it just didn't happen for me, and at least in my history education, high school, I had to learn it afterwards. Um... So it's something that um, that we don't, we aren't afforded generally in a lot of our jobs and livelihoods. We have to learn it for ourselves if we're going to learn it, and you should you should try to learn it. You, actually, you shouldn't try. You should you just should learn it. But um, the thing with AFL and what they do in cultural understanding, all that stuff with AFL and how they do with Indigenous rounds and stuff. These guys do get that education. They do. Um, interact with, you know, the Indigenous players on their list more and get a pretty good understanding. And fuck, Taylor Walker, Eddie Betts is one of the most outspoken and and the real leaders of the understanding of why racism is so hurtful in the AFL. And that's a guy that fucking Taylor Walker almost won a premiership with. If anyone was going to have a better understanding than Taylor Walker, there's not many out there that should have a better understanding considering the leadership role he took in those instances of racism with Eddie Betts. so it's just astonishing, and that shows how deep-seated that racism can be to me, um, how deep-seated that can be within a person, that it can still come out, because you haven't, fo- and this is the thing that Taylor Walker's now got to do, is well, I had to do it um, growing up, once I turned into a young adult, and kind of moved away and got away from the insular kind of grow up you do in the mid-country areas that I grew up in. Um, that have everyone kind of bounces around the same attitudes about um, Australian history, which is a very f- um, alternate history to what is actually reality. Um, I had to reconcile what I had grown up with with what was actually true. And I'd sit there and say, Everything I know isn't actually really true because it's all attitudes from people who think, who have opinions about history rather than actually facts. And I had to sit there and go, I've got to have an honest chat with myself, look in the mirror and go, Everything. I thought I knew is false and I need to relearn it and re-understand or understand how, what actual Australian history is and that racism actually exists exists and hurt is deep and powerful and there is so much to learn and understand about what we can do to make it better and be actively anti-racist. It's not just about saying, no, I I respect them as people and um, that is part of it, but it's also actually saying, how can I be better about promoting the needs to be anti-racist, not just... It's actively anti-racist, not just saying, no, I'm not racist, so it's fine. Um, But, you know, I'm not going to do much else apart from that. It is actually understanding it and um, calling it out whenever you can. Now, I'm someone that has a fair bit of nerves and anxiety and things like that about speaking up at times, and it it is hard to do, but when I can, I do, and it is something that you really need to do. I remember um, the 2014 elimination final there's a bloke that um I think some people might remember there was a story that there was a Port Adelaide fan um investigated and I can't remember if it happened or anything happened with it but um that had been calling Bashir Huli a terrorist shouting out that he's a terrorist in the crowd um and I was near that bloke at the footy that day and I called him out on it then um I didn't I wish I'd actually reported him and done a text to it but I was having a few beers and I was was actually hung over as well and not that it's an excuse, I just... I But I did... I said to him, I said, no, that's not my mate. And he, he just blew me off. And, and and I don't don't remember if he said much else after that, but he did blow me off and moved away and whatever. But then it came out that they were looking for the... Like, there was reports about this and the club had been made aware of it. And they did, I think, put out a thing asking for any information about it. I, I did... I messaged him on, I think, on Twitter there. I just said, let us... They just put an open call out for any information about it. And I said, look, I don't know if I can be any more help. I don't know. I, I could recognize the guy maybe if i knew if i had a photo but beyond that all i can say is i know it happened it did happen and i'm happy to put my word forward that this guy was unfortunately um as a port fan doesn't deserve it he I'd be happy for him to see his membership torn up or whatever so it's, it's just those little things you can do and that's not enough i should have done more at that moment but that's uh that's on me um but those are the kind of things we can do and It's just unfortunate to be in this moment, um, talking through this again, um, especially in the lead lead into a showdown. I'd much rather Taylor Walker be out there playing in the showdown. I'd much rather rather him be in the pocket of um, whatever defender we have and watch him get fucking three touches and get to boo him off the field because he's a fucking he's a spud of a player and we've we've gotten one over on him again. That's what I want for tomorrow, but that's not going to happen because of what's happened, and we've got to reconcile with that. And everyone, and the biggest thing we have to reconcile with now. Is how we move forward from it as people that read the situation. Because the unfortunate thing is, we've seen such a wide variety of reactions to it online, and um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that still haven't learned from this situation and think it's six sticks and stones and all that stuff. And and the reactions to it have that there's a there's an in, there's a there's a tinge of racism to it because we see everyone wanting to just stand up for the text and just say no, it's out of characters. It's but. Um, and I was thinking about this today. Um, you know, Willie Rioli, he's um, been caught smoking pot a couple of times with pot. Now, pot's not bad. Let's be real. It should be legalized. It should be uh, recognized um, like it is in uh, many states in America now and many places around the world as something that is um, just as good or bad as alcohol. It is a substance that can be abused um, irresponsibly at times, but it can be used very healthily as well and uh if you <laughs> whereas but fucking willie riola gets caught with it and it's oh he's a fucking idiot oh geez what's he doing with his life what's he doing with his career what's he doing what's he doing god it's so immature he will think of his career think about oh just just sack him he doesn't care about his footy career anyway does he he's, he's smoking pot he doesn't he doesn't really care does he just sack him he's not he's not worth it oh well the, the west coast are giving him another chance what the hell what are they doing who cares about this? You know, there's no care. He's not afforded the dues of being a stand-up bloke who's just made an idiotic, idiotic decision or said something idiotic like Taylor Walker. Now, why is that? Why is Taylor Walker, who said something racist, so deeply hurtful, afforded such such kindness from the community when Willie Reale, he hasn't said anything. He just wants to fucking get high and whether it's an injury thing or it's just how he how he gets by in life. It's an innocent thing to do, but he's afforded none of the kindness that Taylor Walker is, and I just look at that and think, hmm, there's something in there. But, um hey, that's where we are in this world still, and that's where we are in Australia, and that's why we've got so much fucking work to do yet. So um that's about it on that. Um I'm <laughs> going to lose my cool if I keep talking about it because it just frustrates me, and it's frustrating. It's been disappointing. While it's been heartwarming to see the outpouring of... um Kindness and positivity in the sense of the people that do understand the 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 need for further um, education and, and why this is such a um, tragic thing it is so frustrating to see how many people still don't fucking get it so that's about it um on that one we should might as well actually just talk about the showdown now so we'll get a little bit more positive and chat some showdown shit let's get let's get to the footy. 38 seconds and it goes Adelaide's way but they're ready, Howard pumps it in they've got the outnumber they all crash down flash point, Stevie Modloff what a time he is floating on air now Stevie Modloff as a long kick to the hot spot I think McGovern's got himself injured uh, with that collision but then this man been brought to the club, and this was his moment, and he delivered. Pam, here's the big clash. Oh, that's unbelievable courage from all players in that incident. McGovern's still out there. He's got up. Look at that. Bloody hell! I fucking love that moment. I thought I'd get us back on track um, with a good one of our uh, all-time favourite showdown moments in that Stevie Motlop goal. Back in 2018, after the Crows had staged a pretty late comeback and um, stolen what looked like a defeat, uh, a victory from the jaws of defeat, I was feeling pretty defeated. I was on the hill that night, um, fucking just, just, just devastated when they kicked that goal to go ahead. And uh, I, this is one of my favourite moments, and I think it's a moment of where I've briefly believed in the in the possibility of magic, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because not not because of the Motlop goal, because that's just poor Adelaide being great, but. That goal was kicked with about twenty seconds to go. We're on the hill, so I'm kind of in front of the scoreboard. So it's you know that's happening kind of in front of us. Um, I'm standing in amongst a throng of you know, drunk idiots, myself being one of the drunk idiots, with my mate next to me, um, and and then I think I actually had tickets uh, tickets from um, uh, one of our suppliers at my work. Um, at my work, and they'd given us tickets in the stands, and I just ended up on the hill, and I think the better half was in the seats, so I hadn't seen her for about an hour at that point, because I was just pissing on on the hill, Um, I was just that nervous, I needed to be standing with that nervous energy on the hill, um, so I could kind of just be a part of that energy, rather than sitting in my seat, because then I'd be up and down anyway, and probably pissing off everyone around me if I was in the seat, so... 20 seconds to go, that goal's kicked. And now everyone that's got a beer in their hand, I think I had two beers in my hand. One of them went up in the air and there's just beer, a shower of beer everywhere. I'm soaked in fucking alcohol, beer everywhere. Um, and I'm like, 20 seconds to go, everyone's beer's gone in the air. Who's going to, you know, no one's going to have a drink in hand when we actually win the game, hopefully. And there's still a chance, you know, crazy done, they got the good centre clearance. But then, you know, we get the centre clearance, it goes out and we're we're going to win. And then, so in that half a minute or whatever it was, it was a minute by the time the goal was kicked and then, you know, reset to the centre bounce. There's not enough time for everyone on the hill to get another beer or another couple of beers in that time. Um, but then the final siren goes and the same thing happens. Beers go up, and up in the air and it feels like the same amount of beer that was before. I was like, where the fuck did everyone get a beer from? It's magic. There's nothing. There's no possible way. Now, it's pr- the, obviously, the logical reason is that just half the people threw the beers in the air and then the other half did it. It's just like, but it just felt like a moment of magic in that little moment there. Probably the fact that I'd had 10 to 12 beers myself at that point. So everything feels like magic at, the, at some point after you've had that much alcohol in your system. But I've been to many great showdowns and I'll talk about memories of them over the years, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I was at the last one at Footy Park as well. And that was certainly had its magical moments too. Some pure magic there with the Montfrey's goal. Um, But, yeah, that's just one of those moments that I thought was just a great way to come back and do it with a a relatively recent Adelaide Oval memory. And considering we have Robbie Gray coming back in today, uh, tomorrow, um, named back in the squad after a few weeks out with that knee injury, getting to play his 251st finally (laughs) after not getting to complete complete his 250th. Um, And Robbie Gray was a big part of that showdown too. Everyone, you know, I think everyone actually does remember that's what's the great memory about that game is we have the Motlot moment, which is just an iconic moment in our in our long and storied history. But then we have Robbie Gray turning it on in the um, f- uh, you know, between the end of the second quarter and the uh, by the end of the four, you know, third, he's got six goals and um five and a quarter and and just in all in all manner of ways, um, it's just an amazing amazing performance in so many ways. And you know we started off the game pretty shit as well. We went down early and. We're down uh, a fair way into the second quarter and it's thir- and it's just like it's just an amazing, one of those amazing showdowns, and they happen a lot. Uh, thankfully, or I th- I don't fucking know. I'm always stressed in the moments and hate them during them, and then I have to watch the replay to actually appreciate how much I enjoyed them because I don't fucking enjoy them. I said at the top of the podcast, I get really fucking nervous for them, um, and, and incredibly, I'm not nervous for this one, but at the same time, I'm really nervous because the more comfortable I feel the more reason I have to feel like I'm going to about to be bitten in the ass by it, so... But yeah, this showdown we are going in is one of the strongest favourites I've seen. Um, I checked the sports betting odds about an hour ago before I started preparing for this one. And uh, at the mo- at the time I checked, which is, yeah, like an hour ago, so, you know, just say 10pm 10, 10 on Friday night. The Crows were paying $7 and Port were paying 110 so are almost unbackable favourites in this one, just because, <laughs> fuck, you're, gonna, you're not going to make any money betting on us, but... Uh, well, you know, it, you, you could, if you had a large sum to put down, it would be a good investment, possibly a good investment, but um I'm never going to be in that position. So, um yeah, it's uh it's a weird way weird place to be and obviously my lengthy talk about the um Taylor Walker stuff, it's it's taken some shine off of the, you know, showdown week is should be a t- time of celebration for the rivalry. It's a bit you know, it gets a bit bitter at times because the the prison bar stuff at the moment and there's um you know, the 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 um, discussion around that sometimes isn't very friendly from our opposing rivals here in Adelaide either, um, even though they should be a little bit more accommodating to it because it would make the spectacle even better. If I was in the Crows' end of things, just as a side note, wouldn't it be nice to beat a team wearing the prison bars, like in the showdown? And then every showdown that you beat them, you've beaten the team with the prison bars. I'd, you know, take that as a badge of honour. But anyway, um, just let us fucking wear them. Um, But it's not the Crows stopping it anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's... um, I'm nervous but comfortable, and I guess we, we can get into talking about those reasons why. Though I don't fucking know why. I don't know. What am I talking about here? What am I doing with this podcast? I'm just going to r- ramble. Anyway, um, yeah, Robbie's back, which is dope. Um, the out, Well, I usually start by talking about the opposition, but I've already started talking about port, so I might as well talk about port first. Um, Robbie's omission does... Uh, Robbie's addition means there is omissions, and uh, the omissions are... Um uh, Boyd Woodcock goes out, but then the big one probably um that has been the most talked about is Todd Marshall going out. And um that's a tough one. Marshall's hat um I am a fan of Marshall. Um, I do I do get um beyond the very really, real bad detractors, I've talked about this on this podcast before, the people that have said um, have thrown um slurs at him in near in nearby vicinity of Adelaide Oval that have been really disappointed in um what they've said about him and just, just, just don't say stuff like that about a player when they're just having a bad game. And he wasn't even having a bad game. You just don't understand how to watch footy. But um, Marshall still, he's a, he's a project player at this point. He's, he's got incredible, he's had some great performances um, and and some done some unsung things, but he's still a player that's not finished. Um, and a player's never finished, you can always grow as a player. Uh, but he's certainly a player that's still got a lot of things to build upon in his game. And unfortunately, at the moment, we're in a position where we've got... Um four tools in pretty good form, and I think Marshall's actually been in okay form as well. But in this game, bringing Robbie back in and probably just changing up the structures a little bit. The four tools thing works when it works, but then sometimes it can be a bit one-dimensional when it's not quite working. And unfortunately, Marshall's just the one that, um, you know, with the small forwards coming back in. And with Laddams, actually, you know, Laddams has got the additional thing in the fact that it does back up in the ruck really well. As well as he, you know, kicked a bag of three last week. You can't, <laughs> unfortunately, you got to stick with the hot hands. And um, and you know, people like to talk about Ken's pets and Marshall, but that's that's actually he's he's been dropped. So, um, Laddams, you know, George Yardies is just so dynamic in what he does, and and I think he's the probably the more the one that's ahead of Marshall at the moment as far as his development goes. And he's a different kind of player. He is a tall and he's a forward, but he's a different kind of forward as well. And he probably d- adds a little bit of something that. Marshall just isn't at the moment. Laddams probably adds a similar marking target in what Marshall does, and then and Dixon's just Dixon. He's a, he's the a battering ram as as we all saw on Twitter this week. Um, I I I hadn't actually thought to look at the contested mark totals for a while, even though I know Marsh uh, Dixon was up there last year. Um, Dixon's leading the contested marks in the competition this year, while getting himself to a tidy 41 goals so far. Um, only you know the leading goal kicker in the entire competition is on 57, so he's not worlds apart from. That considering our forward structure has been hit and miss this year, and Dixon isn't always, he's often, you know, dealing with, clearly dealing with more contested mark situations than a lot of other forwards are, with how, just just how our forward line's working. And as well as the fact that um, we've had some significant uh, other targets in Georgiades kicking bags here and there. Marshall's had his moments, Laddam's had his moments. Um, So with how we've been rotating through those tools and stuff, it's, it's actually, you know, so Dixon's undroppable in that sense. Georgiades, I don't think he can drop for what he brings in a different way. And then Laddams is doing somewhat, you know, a bit of what uh Marshall's doing as far as that marking tool and that that just incredible height and marking ability, as well as what he's doing around the ground as well, a little bit more. Though Marshall, I think, is um, not being appreciated enough for what he does get up the ground a bit and probably does gut run a little bit more than people realise. Uh, but he's just he's just the odd man out. And so I've talked about the defense at times. Cleary, <laughs> incredibly, after being, should have probably won a Bran- uh, Brownlee medal. Um, maybe, uh, but no, I'm kidding. Um, kidding. A showdown medal um, is incredibly fine. They found his spot just unable to get back because of the former McKenzie coming back in. That's just what it is. Odd man out um, in a deep squad. And when we finally got injury, uh, guys that have been injured coming back, that's just what it is. So, it's you know, it's nothing against these players. It's just, unfortunately, we're um, suddenly blessed again. A little bit, um, and so the excuses is getting less. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, uh, that's where we want to be. We want to be having these issues, and um, and that's that's the thoughts that you know Motlop's still out of the side too, and he's someone who's um, had his good moments this year as well. So it does provide um, the opportunity for these these guys coming back, as well as the ones that um, have been in the side and possibly been up and down in form. Um, again, I'm not someone to criticise, but there is players that have been a bit quieter at times in the last few weeks, um, just or in and out of the game and can't quite get their handle on it. Um, there, there's going to be more pressure for spots coming up, so hopefully that does. Not that there has been any invigoration needed, and we've actually been considering the injuries. We've come through really well, and um, if we look at the result tonight, um, Geelong l- lost incredibly to the team that we beat last week. So. Um, GWS back in the top eight, by the way, so we have a top eight win again for all the fucking dickheads out there that um, like to <laughs> like to constantly pot about that, even at this stage of the season when we're ticking along nicely. But um, so we're um, currently a game off of top spot. If we win tomorrow night, uh, with the Bulldogs only playing um, Sunday, Sunday I think there's a Monday game this week, isn't there? But yeah, I think Bulldogs are on Sunday, so Bulldogs will have the game in hand after tomorrow still with their game on Sunday, but at the with a win tomorrow night, knock on wood, we will be tied in a three-way tie for top spot. And depending on how the percentage shakes out, um, we, our percentage is a fair bit below, well below the Bulldogs and um, a eight or so points below Geelong. But look, that's where we want to be. If we can sit there and say um, at one point in round 21 that we're in right now, <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think about it off the top of my head. Uh, at some point in round 21, we go, shit, we've just gone equal top. Fuck, that's a great place to be. We should be appreciative of that, and that's good. So, knock on wood, we've still got to get the job done tomorrow night, but there's a lot of good things to look forward to with that. And the, the result tonight, again, shows that no results are easy in this, this competition. So, we've also got to go out there and get the result done. So, yeah, the name, the squad named. Otherwise, yeah, like I said, um, Robbie's in and Marshall and Woodcock committed. Um, obviously, those two go into the emergencies alongside Jed McKenty and guess who's blanking again, I read it just before, I've got it, where is it, I've got it here, uh, Jed McKenty and, oh, i have just mentioned his name, Tom Cleary as well, Jed McKenty, Tom Cleary, um, Boyd Woodcock and Todd Marshall as the emergency, so we'll get the medical sub out of one of those blokes, um, yeah, otherwise, again, it's a, the team we know and love, uh, a good chance, uh, we've had Dersmer, Butters and, um, and it was really last week that we saw the, um, you know, Butters grew into the game really well. Derzma did as well. Rosie, Rosie's been in pretty good form, uh, injuries aside, in the second half of the year really well. So um, Dersmer and Butters really grew into the game last week later on. And Butters certainly had an incredible last quarter, I think, with eight touches in the last quarter. And just um, a silky nice goal with some quick hands and just the stuff we love about Butters. Um, Dersmer kicked a goal as well and just felt like he looked like he picked up the pace of the game as it went along better, and particularly with how tough it got late. Really good to see that from Derzmer. Um I keep saying it. I want to see a Bergman, um, all, uh, all Australian Rising Star nomination this week. I think he's had a good enough year to get a Rising Star nomination. He's just not quite. You know, it's it, he's not quite having that game that just gets them to have to give him one yet. Um, even though he's got the body of work certainly, and he's, he's providing a role. Every time we watch, you watch a game, and the commentators are always saying, "Fuck, he's good." Oh, and they're not saying, "Fuck, he's good," unless BT might let one slip. Um, but they're just saying they're impressed with Bergman and, and the player. He's he's growing into at a rapid rate this year. So hopefully tomorrow might be his game to get that Rising Star nomination finally across the line. Um another would be a great game for Ollie Wines to grab himself a showdown medal, possibly, and um add another notch to the um the resume for a possible Brownlow this year. Um but yeah. It's an interesting one when we look at the side that the crows have put out, and um, well, we'll get. I'll we'll take a quick break in a second, then we'll get to the crows, and then we can talk about the game um, a bit more once we know what the the crows are doing. All right, so the crows now. Obviously, Taylor Walker's not on the side, um, along with Walker um, being uh, well, obviously left out of consideration and now suspended for the rest of the year, um, as long as as well as next year. Um, but we all know we've talked about that already. Um, James Rowe is out as well which um, so we don't have to deal with watching him celebrate like a madman which is good Um, (laughs) hopefully we wouldn't have to deal with it much anyway but um, and then and then um, and then Jared Berry's out as well Um, sorry Sam Berry mixing up my mixing up my berries Um, and then in comes Thilthorpe um, Braden Cook so Riley Thilthorpe who um, uh, has had some moments this year of um, looking good um, and he's certainly a player that the Crows are probably going to be um, uh, pretty excited about, and justifiably so, with what he's done so far this year, that um, fucking arsey goal against St. Kilda, um, which, look, I can do that, but whether I can do it in an AFL game is another thing. But, um, yeah, look, that was, a, that was a magic moment for them, and if I was a Crows fan, I would have celebrated like they did as well. Um, but, yeah, he's back in. He's been... Oh, I don't, I'm not exactly sure. Like I'm not a Crows fan, so I don't... I don't don't keep an eye on it too much, but I think he was dropped just for structural reasons. and Then trying to figure out because he is his size and the role he's playing and being in, um, incomplete, you know, being such a young player, he's obviously got a lot of talent already, showing some of that. Um, but yeah, whether he's left out for some reasons of that nature, and um, but uh, he's back in. Obviously, um, with Walker going out, um, Phil Thorpe coming in as that as a strong marking forward um, is probably um, what they needed. And Braden Cook, I don't know much about him, but they seem pretty excited about him, and he's he's um, He's uh, only selected last year in the last year's draft, and has apparently come on pretty pretty quickly this year as far as how impressed they are with um, the development he's made. So he's getting his debut, and that's that's what a team in the crow's position have to do. And then they bring in veteran David McKay as well, which probably look I've seen I, I've seen just with you know with the Creed account, you see you see a bit of chatter about the other team as well, just with um, accounts, mutual accounts, and whatever that follow your things. And you know David McKay being of where he is as a player at this point, point uh, in a rebuilding team, I think there's a few people are like, why are you bringing him? And I think you, you you need there needs to be a balance when you you can't just throw a fucking you know 22, 18 year olds out there because then they're just going to run around like not like headless chooks out. Obviously being 18 in an AFL list or 20 or whatever, um, you're going to be a pretty good footy player. But you need a little bit of that veteran leadership out there, and whether that's what they've done with that, I don't know. I could be completely off base. I don't know. I'm not a fucking Crows fan, but. um I assume he, he plays right certainly he's certainly a pretty good player still and he plays a role. So um and you know, the curry's wanna win a showdown still. They wanna uh, yes, the odds are very um very long, but um they're still going out they're not going out there to try and loot. They're not going out there keep, like waving the white flag before the game started. They're gonna they're going out there to win this one and as we would, um no matter where we where we're at. Um if the role were reverse we'd be hoping to throw out the strongest lineup we could. Um, to try and get a showdown win because, you know, the ladder form and ladder position and form and everything is irrelevant. So um, I assume McKay's coming in with a mixture of both what he can bring as a player as well as a bit of um, leadership and uh, particularly Walker going out, that's a lot of of on-field leadership um, gone from the side. Um, So, you know, who knows? I'm just fucking spitballing, really. Um, Our old mate Billy's one of the emergencies. Um, (laughs) Sucks that we can't go and watch the... um, Sandful Showdown before cuz I did I didn't um enjoy giving a few Bronx, Bronx cheers that, that was a good good lead into the the our home showdown was the, what getting to watch the Sandful one um earlier in the year so um, that's an unfortunate aspect of the covid stuff at the moment that the Sandful Showdown doesn't get the crowd it deserves particularly being a curtain raiser and all that um and then yeah so they've got Shane McAdam and Ben Davison and Sam Barry Sam Berry, as their emergencies so um yeah look it's um they're a pretty. It's a pretty. There's a mixture of. Um. There's a lot of youth there, though. There's a lot of youth. Um. But there's a mixture of that. Look, you look at the Crow side, and there's still a lot of, lot of talent there, and and a lot of those 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 guys that have been around there for a long time. Um. It'll be interesting to see. That, you know, Riley O'Brien, um, has, has turned into a pretty good ruckman there, and um, but the battle against um Scooter Lysett and Laddams will be an interesting one. Um, uh, certainly expect us to to win that battle, and then certainly in the midfield, it's just um. <sighs> look, um, they've got you know Rory Leds having a good year, and Sloane is a is a veteran leader, and he's certainly be getting up for this one, and particularly um, not wanting to get back into the Taylor Walker stuff. But these guys are going to be hurting with that. That's um, definitely going to be look. We we can't separate them completely because these guys have had to deal with this the last couple of days, and then they are going to be going out and playing showdown tomorrow. It is going to be on their minds, but we have to. Be, uh, the, Things like this. Not that racism should be something that galvanizes you, but as a club, they, they, none of this. That, that's what Taylor Walker did is separate to them. Um, so they're going to want to. They're going to want to go out there and show people that this is not. This is not who they are, and um, and that they can. You know, possibly, possibly, it can be something that they can um try to say. Look, this is this is where we start something different. This is where we start, and you we really sit there and go, this is not our culture, and this is we're gonna you know, try to start something. And then then that's, you know, that's a healthy way to deal with it. It's just like, you know, whether or not it's the right thing to use it that way, um, because it's not. But it's something that we have to think about, that they're going to be hurting. um, And what can you do when you're hurting as a footy club, but rather just go out there and play as hard as you fucking can? And that's something that might be on... And players like Rory Sloan, who's a proud leader um, of that club, you know and he's hurting because he's he's a mate of Texas and um that's something that could be there that's like you know what do you do when you're in a a place that hurt when you go to work or whatever you do you just try to you just try to you do try to just push that out while you're at doing what you need to do and then do the be- do the best you can at that and maybe that'll be something that we have to w- look out for look i i believe our team um is fast su- obviously we're far superior um we're in better form. Um, our form was really is really starting. to... Okay, I, I said in the review of the GWS game last week that I was really starting to get impressed with the little little bits of our our free flowing and brave footy. You know, in the weeks that we're missing Butters, Durmer, and that, you could see that we were trying things, trying. But the movement just wasn't quick enough. We couldn't get through. We couldn't cut through teams quick enough because we just weren't pacey enough. Missing those few players, but with the you know Rosie just gut running through the midfield, taking a bounce right through the guts of the square last week was just such a good sign. The clean hands of the likes of Butters and Dersmer and just a bit quicker movement with the hands and the feet and a little bit more direct with purpose last week was a really good sign to where we're going. And I just can't see um, the Crows being able to run with that. There, there will be, there will be um, like every showdown, a bit of grudge match stuff about it. Um, there might be, a bit of, might be a bit of niggle out there. Um, certainly, <laughs> who knows? Ned McHenry's is going to be coming up against Scooter again for the first time since that. And not, not that there was any... Malice in that, it was just a dangerous tatt- tackle and adju- adjudicated um, the way it was. But it's a showdown. Um, we never know quite what to expect. It's, um, you know, everyone's, you know, people are expecting a 10-goal, 15-goal win, whatever people are saying. Um, but look, I'm probably more I'm more confident than I've ever been. That it makes me more nervous than I've probably ever been as well because I hate being confident with a showdown because it's usually when it bites me in the ass. But I'll be bold and say that I think this is one that we can finally finally break that ten we haven't won a game with ten goals this year, which is um, somewhat incredible considering the, a, the amount of comfortable wins we've had at the same time and I've said this before it's um we haven't quite and it's been an issue with some of those games we have been up comfortably uh, midway through a game and then let the team get back into it and we haven't that's why we're a bit down on percentage to some of those top teams is we just aren't putting them away putting them away when we actually have them you know that we've got the foot on the throat. Just not quite pressing down, and um <laughs> I was about to say, not quite pressing down and cracking a windpipe that sounds really <laughs> sounds really macabre, um but yeah that's that's you know as far as a metaphor goes, it's kind of what we're doing. we're letting them keep breathing just a little bit when um we're just not you know when when we really should be just choking the life out of a team, so what we've got to do is um and the crows i i, I hope it, if the game turns into a bit of a grudge match in the sense of um. A bit of back and forth, but I think if we get we we need to, if we get up on the crows a little bit, we need to make sure we actually do put the foot down a little bit, uh, put the pedal to the metal. You know, a quarter mile at a time, fast and the furious. Get just get get past them and get to get it done. Uh, make sure that we're uh, well ahead and, and and make it a comfortable win. And um, really, one, um, you know, leaving everything aside of the unfortunate nature of this week with the news, just just get a good showdown win for the rivalry get us one that's um, a big win to you know talk about for years to come about um you know you know cuz crows have had some big wins against us in the past that are still hear about sometimes and I'd like to have another one of those for us cuz that 75 point win last year was quite nice and I'd I'd like another one so um that would be wonderful and uh and I I'd, I'd I'd enjoy that a lot because I just need it for my own sanity um but yeah I I just I, I look at the crow squad and um wow are, there's a lot of youth there that it's really exciting and they're just not quite there yet. And I think um with some of the, the ins and outs they're getting and then just the um the, the the year's gotten long for them. They had some good wins at the start of the year, but it's um some, the tiring nature of a rebuild uh does wear down on a team in this position at later in the year and I just think um where we're our trajectory at the moment is actually positive after a few weeks where we weren't sure where we were going. Um I just think it's um, gonna be too much for the Crows and um, that's wouldn't, you know, not trying to be um, a Dickhead Port fan. I actually just genuinely think um, we are a 10-goal better team than them um, at the moment. And I hope we I hope we make that known. Um, I don't want to say we're a 10-goal better team and then scrape by. Um, it's, this is the kind of game with getting this close to finals with players coming back that we want to actually start making some statements and, and get people worried about us again. Though the flying under the radar has been working a little bit, working okay, but yeah, I'd like to get it done. I'd like to uh, really make a statement this week and um, and entrench that top four position. Particularly, you know, teams are still breathing down necks. while we're close to the top. We're also not that far away from being out of the four if uh, things don't fall the right way. So, we've got to keep the pressure up um, on the top and keep the pressure uh, on the teams chasing as well. So, we're in a good position right now and we want to keep it that way. So, car not the pair, fucking showdown. Let's fucking go. I'm going to try and sleep tonight and then uh, get through a work day tomorrow and then You'll see us on the socials and whatever tomorrow, so fucking let's fucking go. Can't bear.